0: And this is let the good crimes roll. And Sarah had just asked me because a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm gonna start this story by saying it's 100% Braden's fault. <laughs> Braden is <laughs> yeah. my 12 year old stepson. We have geese in my neighborhood. The people in N- my neighborhood, but
1: there's a flock of geese. I mean, no yeah. less than like 30. There's like a group of adults, and then there's like 20 or so babies, little yeah. babies. Now they're adolescents at this
0: point because I've watched them grow yeah. up this whole time. Uh huh. There's a lot, um, and they go through an ugly season too They do when they're shedding that 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 little fur. But I mean, don't we all? Well, I have a big pond next to my house, so the geese especially love my house. Mm-hmm. Well, normally the geese just stay a couple months and then they leave, but mm-hmm. for some reason they've just stayed. Yeah. I've noticed that I was, I've was i been
1: waiting for them To just kind of like fly off But yeah. these geese Are like neighborhood geese Now they'll walk the streets But they always end up Back at your pond And there's yeah. there's a park In the back of your subdivision Yeah with, with a big pond With a pond
0: too They need to go back there Because they poop All up and down my driveway <laughs> Yes Or I'm trying to leave And I'm in a hurry And like all I see <laughs> Is like a gooseneck Just waddling <laughs> back and forth I'm like move Edgar You know <laughs> yeah. He won't move But anyway So a couple weeks ago I was complaining about the geese Because there is literally Geese shit everywhere (laughs) so my stepson got this bright idea to get like a Nerf gun because I mean that's not gonna hurt so he went outside and he kind of just just to get him to move on (laughs) well he got a couple of the babies they were fine i mean Uh it's a nerf gun okay it's not paintball gun it's not a. I mean it's a nerf gun he shoots his sister with it and she doesn't cry she's fine so he decided to go (laughs) ride his dirt bike the geese decided they were going to get their revenge Mm -hmm. so he's riding his dirt bike
1: was he riding the dirt bike after the nerf gun incident or was like the same time kind of
0: thing no it was after oh so they remembered yeah they were um they were plotting Uh they were plotting okay so he's riding up and down my driveway i kind of have a long driveway and all of a sudden there was a swarm of geese that just attacked him (laughs) as he was riding a dirt bike. He wasn't walking. He wasn't sitting there. He was riding a dirt bike going 10 miles an hour. And they just said, now boys. And they attacked him and he fell. And he scraped the hell out of his side. And I was laughing so hard I was crying until this (laughs) happened. I saw the after effects because I just saw feathers and um he comes limping back and I felt so bad because he was really beat up. Yeah. Like I got pictures. (laughs) (laughs) He's fine now, y'all.
1: Yeah, he's he's fine. But your dad had come over yesterday and he told me that the the geese just he gotten too close to a baby and the geese just attacked him. He neglected to tell me about the the nerve of the story. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's why I said it was. Oh, it's a full blown war because Brayden still goes out there and gets mm -hmm. them with the Nerf guns. Well,
1: you know they they must be plotting against him because I've walked past these geese no less than like twenty times. Oh, me too. And they hiss at me. They're like, yeah. I mean, they don't love us, but as long as not, we're not messing with them. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, I I I don't know. I I just there's Edgar and Kevin and (laughs) Bob and (laughs) yeah. So. Kevin I <laughs> know after my father-in-law I'm <laughs> like simmer it. down Kevin
1: Stop it Getting a little spicy Yeah <laughs> They
0: literally plotted their attack against Brayden I know it was I mean it was tactical planning You could tell by the way they Did they Dive-bombed did they, him. Like did they break his the skin? They were like look, look Oh yeah Let me show you the picture oh, They gosh. were like, <laughs> He had a helmet on they were, <laughs> they were like feathers around his helmet Just <laughs> 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 he crashed his bike. They made oh, him crash no. his bike. Yes, and I mean, I'm sorry. You come after their babies. Uh, I'd be the same yeah. way. Well,
1: that's a lesson learned there.
0: And then the <laughs> other animal news is, um, we now have a a Russian tortoise. Look, see, he crashed his bike. Oh he my beat gosh! Up. Can yeah. you see? He comes gimping in. <laughs> did they shoot you like did they again. have a like a handgun and they shot because one of the spots is like a hole yeah i texted chrissy did see that uh-huh. oh my god i texted chrissy and said should you get stitches and she said nice fun oh my chrissy's our our family nurse so that looks like doesn't that look like a gunshot though it looks horrible. like one of them shanked him oh in the midst of it. <laughs> yeah um, we can laugh now
1: because he is okay he is fine but, yeah
0: Look, Dang. even if he wasn't Even if he had to get stitches In a couple weeks We would have laughed Because yeah. it was It was pretty funny That's,
1: That's the childhood memory He's going to look back on And he's probably still Going to be yeah, traumatized In 30 Yeah, and he still won't years. go outside yeah.
0: With the garage door up <laughs> oh He's
1: scared gosh. to death of I don't blame him <laughs> <laughs> It's hysterical
0: little, little assholes But yeah, now you have a tortoise We have a Russian tortoise To my complete shock Because I thought He was a Herman tortoise mm-hmm. Like I was telling Sarah Originally his name was Raphael That's what my My kids named him And then I just saw my. Uh, brayden just sitting there petting him on the head say hey timothy so we know it's tim <laughs> wait so what prompted y'all to get the tortoise i've been wanting one you just been wanting one yeah i've been wanting one for forever if
1: y'all know nothing one. if y'all know nothing else about us know that casey and i just absolutely love animals and not normal animals yeah. like i mean
0: we could take or leave dogs you know mm-hmm. but for us it's like chickens and, yeah uh, we've got a hamster tortoise. and yeah yes yes like, yeah. this sounds crazy, but I think rats are cute. Not rats like that you find in a barn. But, like, when you see someone with a pet rat, I'm like, oh. And Maddie had rats. And yeah. Daddy
1: could not understand why she wanted pet rats. They're very when you smart. Look, I mean, have you ever seen Ratatouille? I know. It's
0: so cute. I know. That kind of <laughs> changed my mind. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, goats. I love goats.
1: Oh, man. that's As soon as, like, Joey gets his house built And he's like settled. He's gonna get. He's gonna have like a herd of goats. Oh, good. He probably forgot that he told me that because he was, I think, drinking at the time.
0: But y'all can get them from Aunt Wanda.
1: Aunt Wanda has a ton. She has feigning goats. She has a ton of them, and they're so cute. And uh, yeah, so we're eventually gonna have like a whole little farm animals. I know. Like my
0: plan one day is to get a a a girl Russian tortoise. Mm -hmm. We're gonna name her Tina. 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 And um, we're gonna let them lay some eggs. Yeah. Oh
1: and you can have a baby. Oh, one time I think I was at Disney and we were at Animal Kingdom and I we went in this like area where there was like turtles and stuff and I happened upon two like they were tortoises and they were mating oh and I God. didn't
2: realize that
0: I didn't, <laughs> I ever. I didn't know that tortoises like actually did the the duty. because they
1: lay
0: eggs yeah but you know
1: but so do chickens and if you've ever seen that that is brutal but anyway so they were doing their little thing I'm so
0: glad I'm not a girl chicken at
1: first I know right at first I was like oh look at that they're so cute and I called Livy over and the second I called her over I was like oh no wait don't was it like the big tortoises no they were like they were like they were about yeah they were about 10 size that was interesting I didn't know know how to you
0: wonder I had to explain (laughs) to Sarah that the girl tortoises you can tell they're a girl because their their tails are like like a little spike they're real short and yeah. then the boys have long ones that can like like you know help them do the deed yeah, you know I, get them out the way i'm
1: not gonna really think about how that works but they
0: are now i have a wasp <laughs> that has a vendetta against me son of a bitch <laughs> okay Woo. all right so I but guess we, we should, love
1: uh, animals <laughs>
0: So we should get into it, shouldn't we? Yes. Okay, so
1: I did this one, and this is our final part four of Meltdown Three Mile Island from Netflix. And part four is called Fallout. I named this episode. Nobody believes you, Lake. I know
0: the Bond villain. Mm-hmm, That's why I said Bond he's villain. the one who's
1: the Bond villain. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: why did he even sit down for an interview? I don't, I don't understand. Know. I
1: don't know And I know this is a, is a, It's edited you well, know. He's, he's
0: like I don't have time For anybody's drama Like then why are you Sitting here talking <laughs> to us Seriously
1: Anyway You can tell he's not A very compassionate person but You know anyway. what he was
0: missing He was just missing A hairless cat To a pet
1: Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You're
0: right. Yeah, that was it.
1: If you remember, there were a lot of issues in the cleanup process. And there was this thing called the polar crane lift that had been exposed to radiation over a long period of time. And it had degraded. But there were accusations from Worker Rick that powers that be were overlooking all the safety protocols and stuff. And there was a lot of allegations going on about criminal misconduct and stuff. It seems like Worker Rick was targeted because... We left the last episode, his apartment had been ransacked. Somebody mm-hmm. broken in looking for whatever documents he had that could expose MetEd and Bechtel, the cleanup. Yeah.
0: What is GPU though? That's what
1: I get confused about. Okay, There's- so MedEd is, is GPU, basically. It's okay. general public utilities. It's the utility company.
0: Okay. Because that's where they would say, Oh, GPU and MedEd. I mean, yeah. I understood who Bechtel was.
1: Yeah general public utilities i don't know if they're like the umbrella company for met ed okay but they are in, in from what i gathered like the same so part four picks back up on march 20th 1983 and this is two days before the polar crane lift so we're right back at rick's ransacked apartment uh rick took this broken into his broken into apartment as a message from gpu and bechtel i
3: took it they were trying to tell me to back off Or they'd take their back to me.
1: He felt like they were trying to send him a message, like a warning, like, watch what you do, watch what you say. He felt they were warning him to just back off. But Tom Devine, who is um, someone helping Rick, he's with GAP. It's like the 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 government government accountability project. And young Tom Devine,
0: he was such a 70s, 80s guy. I was literally
1: about to say, I know this is in the 80s, but he was so 70s with the hair and the giant glasses. He was definitely
0: influenced by the Beatles. Yes. No doubt. Yes.
1: Yes, and he's like their nerdy cousin. But, so he's helping Rick. Tom got the call from Rick that his apartment had been broken into. And Tom felt like the local police couldn't be trusted. So he called in the FBI. Now the FBI explained to Rick,
2: There were indications that the entire story about Three Mile Island going back to the accident it was a massive cover-up by the company and the NRC.
1: That there was a continuing investigation into the three-mile Incident accident, and they wanted him to answer questions to help them understand the full story of what mm-hmm. happened. But Rick's immediate concern, and rightly so, was for his sons. He he asked the FBI, should I get my kids out of here? And they say, considering what you're about to go through? Absolutely. I Which, know,
0: and then he's like, oh man.
1: I mean, the FBI tells you you're in danger? That's gotta be scary as hell. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, whistleblowers coming out of the nuclear industry are in danger. Right. It seems like and, and we heard that story from it was the lady who was exposing a nuclear company and she got killed. That got killed in that uh, like was one it ca- car ca- Silver someone something I, like I that. can't remember her name but she yeah. got killed in like the one car accident like conveniently and all her On documents. her way to
0: a reporter. Yeah she was meeting documents. like a
1: reporter with all her documents and conveniently all of those documents were missing mm-hmm. when she was found. They are in danger it seems like. But Rick was even more so because Rick was coming forward about the serious of using the polar crane, and it was in the midst of all this other alleged Wrongdoing and criminal misconduct at Three Mile. There were indications that were going back to the accident that there was a massive cover up by the company
0: and the NRC, which is the Nuclear Regulatory Committee. Yeah, and and what's funny to me is is our Bond villain Lake. He's like he didn't know anything. Did mm-hmm. you for someone who's the director of the cleanup on site? Yeah, he's like I mean, if there was a cover up, you know, I wasn't aware of well, it. Like, come that, on. that
1: seemed to be like the common thread with a lot of the people. That yeah. were like oh, you I know, someone know. someone else may have on this, but I was not aware. Right. You know, when when we see evidence that that's not quite true, Rick's allegations could potentially kill the nuclear industry. Mm-hmm. And to assume this is an easy decision for Rick would be wrong, because he's a big proponent of nuclear energy. So mm-hmm. it's not a decision that he took lightly. But when he considered his options, he understood the risks involved in, in exposing the criminal behavior. But he felt like he didn't have a choice. Yeah, he felt like if something were to happen with the crane and it cost somebody their life, mm-hmm. or there was like an uncontrolled radiation exposure to the public that he would never be able to live with himself. And yeah. I mean, I completely understand that point of view. And because you can tell, like, even from the prior episodes, he really does believe in nuclear energy. Oh, yeah. so He for him, just
0: doesn't believe in taking shortcuts. Yeah. And, and that's
1: exactly what he said. He just doesn't believe in that management style. Right. Basically, he even knew that it would cost him his relationship with B, his girlfriend. Did they actually give her name? I thought was Betty. Bet okay. But he
0: must have just because he kept saying B.
1: He kept saying B and I couldn't remember if they actually gave her name prior. So I just put B. He knew that she wouldn't risk harm to her or her kids, but he understood why she chose to leave. And he even says later on like that was a major heartbreak in his life when, when she left.
0: Because he had to go into hiding.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I mean like he you couldn't j- just stay there. Yeah. So now it's March twenty second, nineteen eighty-three, the day of the polar crane lift. Billy Guard with the government accountability project gap. Yeah.
0: That morning, with little to no sleep, I had to hand deliver
3: Rick's affidavit to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission before the vote.
1: Now, there's supposed to be a vote whether or not they should use the crane. So there's this affidavit delivered to them. Simultaneously, Tom and Rick are holding a press conference.
4: The Government Accountability Project of the Institute for Policy Studies is proud to be representing Mr. Richard Parks. Mr. Parks charges Bechtel and General Public Utilities with reprisals and harassment. After he and others revealed massive quality assurance violations and significant safety concerns,
0: and just to put it in perspective, so this <coughs> polar crane was going to be used to pick up this reactor, yes, to get underneath to clean up debris, yes. Now the polar crane, like we said, had basically it was exposed to all sorts sorts of radiation. Mm-hmm. It was rusted out. And if it had it not been tested, yeah, this this reactor, it could have caused another immediate meltdown, meltdown, and the whole. Premise of this, I mean, this is just a small little chunk that Rick was a part of, mm-hmm. and he, him, engineer Ed, and um, Larry King were all like, "Man, this, this is bad this news." Is bad. That's why I'm emphasizing this because if this is, would they say like, if you see one rat, then there's a thousand yeah, rats you don't see? So exactly. Think of this small little snippet that he was a part of, and what he's not been a part of. Yeah, what's been potentially covered up. Rick was brought in after the
1: accident yeah, occurred. He, he, was, was, brought the in, he was brought in cleanup. He was brought in for cleanup and so he's just noticing like all of these things with the cleanup that are concerning to him so Lord knows what has happened prior Prob. to him getting there
0: so it's like take that into perspective you yeah. get this outsider that came in and he lasted how long yeah
1: I don't even know how before long he started there. screaming this
0: is not right yeah so just brace yourselves
1: so during this press conference Rick even states all I know
3: is that I've always been an advocate of nuclear power I still am but I'm not an advocate of that type of management system that there's no excuse in any industry, let alone the nuclear industry, when you are approached with a problem to totally ignore that problem and try to steamroll and railroad people to bring those things to your attention. But I don't,
4: right now, they have not used the polar.
3: Bear. No, sir, they haven't. Thank God. Mr. Parks, do you expect to have your job still? Sir, I don't care.
1: Knowing that Rick could expose the chance for a full meltdown that could take the e- take out the East Coast, Bechtel and GPU held a rebuttal press conference. And they're basically stating that everything's fine. Safety has been their number one concern. So Billy delivers the affidavit to the commission. There was a lot of discussion amongst the commissioners. There was like a flurry of activity when she brought the affidavit. And then they immediately went to recess. At this point, no one knows if the commission is going to take the affidavit seriously. Are they going to stop the polar crane from being used? Or are they just going to keep on going? The NRC commissioners come back from recess. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And they basically end the meeting and say they aren't going to allow the polar crane to proceed with cleanup operations. Thank God. Rick's mission
0: Was accomplished. Yo, we may not... I mean, the whole East... I mean, the whole United States could potentially have been totally different. So
1: our Bond villain, Lake Barrett, the NRC director of TMI Cleanup, is back giving his present-day interview. And there's a clip... The documentary goes back to a clip of Rick's press conference where he says that Lake himself said basically nothing was wrong with the polar crane. And then Lake says...
4: No, I didn't watch the press conference, but I heard about it. How they're going to retaliate against anybody who tells the truth. Uh, and that it's corrupt and uh, it's not safe. And, and I'd never heard this, that he was run out of the industry or anything like that. I never heard him being said he was a whistleblower. Maybe he is. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what a whistleblower is sometimes because it becomes so emotional uh, about things. But as far as I'm concerned, we dealt with public health and safety to get that cleanup done. That was my focus.
1: Oh, I didn't watch the press conference. He says, I, mean, "I never heard if if Rick was run out of the industry or if he was a whistleblower." Because at this point, he doesn't even know what a whistleblower is because it can be so emotional. Yeah. So as far as he's concerned, they dealt with public health and safety to get that cleanup done.
0: Like, can can you? That's how bad he is now. Can you yeah. imagine him thirty years, forty years like, ago? I just, I, I
1: like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but there was just something about him. I was like, I don't believe a well, word that's
0: coming out of your mouth. Last episode, he's if you like, it's like take a shot. Every time you hear him say emotions, mm-hmm. these people are very emotional. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you exposed them to something that's gonna give them give them um cancer. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean they're emotional? It, it's just he was and, so and absurd. The continued denial yes
1: of the severity of the incident
0: well like, they were gaslighting the yeah, whole community exactly the community that's knew exactly that.
1: exactly what they did
0: yeah saying no nothing happened and mm-hmm. then it came out then you watch the news and the news is like no I know the news isn't that credible of a source unfortunately but the news was saying um yeah we got a problem here you know we got a meter that mm-hmm. won't go any higher to determine radiation yeah. and it's extremely high
1: so shortly after Rick went public it was announced that there would be a congressional investigation and according to Rick management was furious. Everything in regards to the cleanup was being suspended until the investigation was complete, which means a lot of people got laid off and the companies were basically blaming, quote, Rick Parks' bullshit allegations.
0: You know there had to be a lot of men that were relieved I mean I was secretly relieved Look
1: I would be But at the same time They're out of a job now Right Like what do they do So I can see Especially if management is like If they're buying what management is telling them Mm -hmm. I can imagine them being like furious with Rick Yeah he ended up moving apartments and stuff. Yeah, Um, like he went into hiding. In April 1983, four years after the incident, in the early investigations of the accident, it was kind of like, yeah, this happened, but nobody died, so Mm. let's move on. That all changed after Rick went public and exposed the amount of wrongdoing happening within these companies. A federal grand jury say that plant operators falsified safety reports so they wouldn't have to shut down the reactors. From day one. Yeah. When
2: Rick Parks went public... The amount of wrongdoing misconduct that came out through the hearing process was extraordinary. Before it was even finished construction, the company management was falsifying critical leak rate data and destroyed documents in order to keep this plant running when it should have been shut down,
0: yeah, from before this reactor oh, yeah. was being built, there was falsified documents, yeah. safety protocols being missed. I mean,
1: it, it's horrible. The indictment charges MedEd with a pattern of criminal conduct and violations beginning sometime in 1978. Before it was even finished construction, the company management was falsifying critical leak rate data, and destroyed documents, which you are not supposed to do, Mm -hmm. in order to keep the plant running. Documents filed with the government show that in the months before the plant opened, on like December 30th, there were many malfunctions of the safety systems one of the valves that was probably damaged as a result of leaks was the valve that stuck open Mm -hmm. causing the accident so
0: it could have been prevented
1: yeah absolutely had somebody like taken this seriously Mm -hmm. uh, months before the accidents managers concealed leaks in the reactor's critical water cooling system from government regulators and set the stage for disaster Mm -hmm. Then they cut back to lake the interviewer asks, oh, God. I know this dude. Can somebody come get
0: your grandfather? <laughs> you
1: know, why did y'all let him do this exactly. interview? Exactly. Whose idea was that? Yeah. The producers ask about the uh, issue of leak rate falsification. And Lake responds that. I mean, I don't,
4: I don't, I don't, I, I do, I've been hearing about it and knowing something about it. I didn't think that was a critical aspect of causing the accident or, or, or not. So I can't tell you about that. But I'd never heard that that was that significant but
1: he didn't pay attention to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just like, like, i mean don't you think that's something you should pay attention to it looks right
0: to me i'm he, not a nuclear physicist but
1: yeah but then he kind of fumbles and he says he remembers hearing about it and to be fair he does come in after the accident yeah. he's not there yeah. beforehand so he, he remembers hearing about it and knowing something about it but he didn't really think it was a critical
0: aspect of like, causing the accident did you know did you know, know anything According to him, not really. No, you just sat in your office all day and soaked up air conditioning. The U.S. Attorney
1: also says that the NRC is at fault because no one made an effort to get to the bottom of this. Clearly, that's because yeah. Le- that was Lake shop He was with the NRC and he, to his own admission, did not yeah. make an effort to see they how just, valid these claims were.
0: They just blindly went with what like yeah. Belltech told them, what GPU told them. Yeah. They're like, OK, well, if you say so, like nobody went behind them and checked this.
1: Yes, the NRC is at fault because nobody made the effort to get to the bottom of it. But the worst failure that put people in extreme danger was the fact that the company intentionally Lied during the first day of the accident. Mm -hmm. Intentionally lied. Now, to this point, we were under the impression like they were trying to figure out what was happening. They weren't sure. But the U.S. attorney is claiming no, they did, and they intentionally lied.
0: Like there was a hydrogen explosion at one o'clock in the middle (laughs) of the day. Yeah. So okay. So
1: they're kind of going back to like the day of the accident, Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of like reliving like what actually happened.
2: Day one at one fifteen in the afternoon. There was this loud thud, and that everybody in that control room heard and felt.
1: They had released hydrogen gas into containment. Lake described this as like you turning on your barbecue pit, um, but you don't light it right away. And then, like the second you light the match, it just kind of goes like
0: kind of like that. <laughs> that- <laughs> but Lake says, <laughs> that, that reminds me of my dad. You were there. Were you there that day? What? So, y'all, my dad's a firefighter, and his pit was on fire. <laughs> and we're like it was high and he has a little bitty water bottle oh my gosh shooting it and we're like can someone get the firefighter away and go get a hose pipe please that tells me like he's so used to fire he's like this is not a
1: big deal like
0: whatever it was like reaching the roof i was in he had a tiny water bottle was the food already on the grill oh the food was was just burnt it was it oh was crunchy. Ronnie. It was crunchy. Just
1: made me think of that. <laughs> so, but Lake says it was not an explosion. There was no supersonic shockwave, but it was a big hydrogen burn. Now, the documentary immediately cuts to Rick, who says...
3: It was an explosion. Hydrogen blows up. And you can see the pictures And their Phones are almost melted. Oil drums are completely collapsed. Anybody that thought they didn't have fuel damage before then knew they had fuel damage after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you can look at the evidence yeah. in the room, and where that's what happened.
1: he does. He said he references pictures from the accident, and they show them, and you can completely see like phones are melted, oil drums are completely collapsed, and Rick says like these pictures indicate fuel damage. Mm-hmm. It's commonly believed that nobody understood what was going on that first day, but nothing is further from the truth. After what the operators testified to and what the investigation showed, the control room knew exactly about the hydrogen burn that day. This was a severe crisis. Just, they knew that it was a severe crisis, just minutes from hundreds of thousands of people dying mm-hmm. in the entire area of central Pennsylvania being permanently contaminated by radiation. But the company lawyer got a number of them to change their story. Story to say we didn't think the hydrogen burn was significant that first day one of the supervisors of radiation protection during the accident says
4: I didn't know it I'm not gonna say that there wasn't somebody who was putting two and two together at that early time I don't know
1: which is kind Like what we've been seeing from Lake, you know, like, oh, maybe somebody else knew, but I didn't. Lake says a while later, looking back on it, then they knew what it was, but that this didn't get into the analysis system to the right people in the control room to understand it. Mm -hmm. So... He's basically he's saying like hindsight is 2020 but in the moment we didn't quite get it. So as we know early on the company downplayed the severity but a lot of people testified early on to investigators that they understood exactly what the hydrogen explosion meant that it meant that the core was melting and there mm-hmm. could be a significant amount of radiation that is released and no one told the governor of
0: Pennsylvania. And and that's the main part like okay, okay. I can understand in the moment you're disputing was it a hydrogen burn mm-hmm. was it an explosion but like here's the deal with that you know we're on the verge of a nuclear meltdown mm-hmm. when that hydrogen because that was the big deal was in episode two where they were worried that there was hydrogen in yeah, there, that, and there that, was worried,
1: like there was a buildup of hydrogen that could cause like yeah. a big explosion so yeah
0: whether they knew in the moment but once they knew about that hydrogen they knew we, we're about to have a meltdown mm-hmm. this is huge yeah
1: and and the fact that nobody's They didn't... Telling, like, the governor who could evacuate. Like, that's, that's, that's just criminal. The danger was potentially lethal amounts of radiation that first day while kids were going to school and people were tending to their farms and animals. These people's lives were in danger and nobody told them. Yeah. They should have made that call for evacuation on the first day of the accident. And it's... It's alleged that they, kn- they knew this and just mm-hmm. didn't yeah. to try and cover their own butts. Mm-hmm. July 24th, we're back to July 24th, 1984, the polar crane lift. Rick tells us that...
3: And when they tested the crane, it worked. When he used the crane and attached it to the reactor vessel head, it failed.
1: So this is this is like after... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, this uh, is like a year after they said... It was said, in
0: 1983 that the NRC said yeah. you cannot do the crane lift until certain specifications are met. And a year yes. later, they have them Yeah, so in
1: 1984, met. a year later, he had already been fired. Mm-hmm. So the crane had frozen at different points. And this was after numerous repairs during this last year. Mm-hmm. So just think what would have happened if they had done this a year prior before the with, repairs. With nothing, so yeah. just using it. Rick says that some management, including Lake Barrett, resigned, but they immediately cut to Lake, who says...
4: Well, I didn't resign. I mean, let's make that perfectly clear. That's not true. I mean, I was, re- I was reassigned, and I'd asked for it, yes. And that was part so my son could go to high school and, in Maryland and not change high school in the middle. So I, my, my leaving had nothing to do uh, with these events in Polar Crane uh, that I'm aware of.
1: He was asked to be reassigned So his son could go To high school in Maryland
0: Because I don't want him Going to high school
4: In yeah.
1: Pennsylvania
0: Because he might die Of cancer
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So his leaving He states Had nothing to do With these events Or the polar crane
0: Or the people Coming after him With yeah. stakes. That's gonna great say. To murder him
1: So May 1985 This is six years After the accident Even after the indictment Of the company Coming to light the This N- blew my mind I know The like. NRC And the company Were doing everything They could Out of fear That this accident Had killed the industry They were determined Determined to restart unit one to show they could come back. So,
0: after all of that, after all of that, can we start? Can we like rebuild and start mm-hmm. over even though we almost got y'all killed?
1: Yeah. And didn't tell you. (laughs) And then
0: they're like in disbelief that the townspeople were like, uh, no. Yeah. So, of course, the local residents are against
1: this. And they decide to do everything they can to keep it closed. I mean, how could you trust the powers that be Uh, at that point? So restarting Three Mile is really symbolic of the nuclear power survival in America. So GPU is pulling out all the stops. Mm -hmm. They bring in Admiral Rickover. Remember him? He's like the father of the nuclear navy. And they bring him out to kind of give the plant some credibility again. And And he 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 taught Rick. Yeah, he did. And Rick loved him. Rick has him like up on this pedestal. Yes. You know, like he he has a lot of credibility at this Mm -hmm. point. So he still has tremendous influence over the industry and the NRC commission. And he goes to Three Mile and says it's safe to restart. But there was a good point made that they didn't think the plant would restart because of the mountain of evidence that the owners and managers of Three Mile didn't have the resources, the character or the integrity to safely operate a plant. You're not going to let a fellow and operate a nuclear power plant are you exactly exactly yeah but on may 29th 1985 there was a vote to restart unit one and all but one commissioner vote to restart unit one because they believed all the problems that caused the unit two accident had been corrected protests start within hours of the decision and lake says that there was a very expensive multi-year process to ensure that the plant would be safe when it was restarted oh and they
0: spent over 100 million dollars i don't believe
1: Believe him. Because then later... Say it, it. Sarah. We don't believe you. We don't believe you, Rick. No, not Rick. What's his name? Lake. Lake. We don't believe you, Lake. Yeah. (laughs) Who has a name named Lake? Uh, No, seriously. But later we find out that Admiral Rickover's endorsement has been undermined by the fact that the GPU contributed $380,000 to his educational
0: foundation.
1: And then his son states that his father... Was clinically senile at the time he made the endorsement.
0: And You know what I think? I, it's, I think that's just elder abuse. I think they use this poor man who wasn't <sighs> all there, you know, and, to, and
1: that's really sad to
0: fulfill this narrative. But we still don't know how much radiation was released
1: because a lot of the data never really got put into like a rigorous scientific mm-hmm. analysis So when the meltdown occurred, there was no precedent on what to do. So the NRC didn't have an, like an organized plan. Rick says that most of the radiation released happened in the first three days, but there was no high-level radiation monitoring equipment available to them. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just a guess as to how much radiation had been released into the environment. One of the residents tells us that the health department for the state promised residents that they were going to follow through with this health study as long as you live within a five mile radius. A 3 Mile Island. But according to some residents, they weren't being contacted even though they were within that radius. Mm-hmm. So of course, they have really big concerns about why they weren't included in the study. Now, some of those residents that were telling us that they weren't included are some of the most vocal op- yeah. like pr- opponents. They're vocal with now their criticisms. And back then. Yeah. Like you they show like news clips of these ladies and and they had even said prior in like the other parts of this documentary that officials were like writing down their license plate numbers. Yeah. So, It yeah, did it does It does make you wonder why weren't they? Mm -hmm. Because you can, they even say you can look on a map and we are within five miles at any point from that Mm -hmm. island. So Ed Hauser, who was the supervisor of chemistry during the accident, he was the one that volunteered to go check things out. He said that he was tested and studied for a number of years after the accident, but had no long-term effects from it. Another one of the engineers said that in his opinion, the nuclear industry missed out on a public relations opportunity because the worst had happened and nobody exceeded radiation exposure that could cause any type of biological effect. But that's not necessarily true. The health department in 1985 was trying to exonerate the nuclear industry, but you can't really say that there were no negative impacts from being exposed to radiation because with radiogenic cancers there's a latency period. Mm-hmm. This could impact you later down the road, yeah. decades later. Right. Resident Paula tells us that her husband was diagnosed with Hashimoto's after the accident, and that's a disease that attacks the thyroid. So his doctor actually asked him if he happened to live near Three Mile, and of course he did. Mm-hmm. You know, even the doctor is making that connection. Yeah. So and then recently her youngest daughter had a ten pound fibroid tumor removed. 10 wow. pounds. And then another resident says that she's had cancer and her granddaughter was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at like age 18. And then we cut to Lake again, who says he feels bad for these people, but he doesn't think their illnesses had anything to do with Three Mile.
0: But cut to that other, who was the other guy that said they did a study? Oh, you- yeah.
3: The leading expert of cancer rates in the Three Mile Island community looked at the radiation levels in the direction the wind was blowing, which was up and down the Susquehanna River. And he found two to three times higher incidence of cancer in the area where the radiation was. Compared to the surrounding hills where the radiation wasn't.
0: so tell you? Two to three times higher. Yes. What is that? What should that logically tell you? I know.
1: Nicole, the little girl that lived across from the plant. So this was Rick's... Ex-girlfriend's daughter. Yeah, who he considered his daughter. She says like her body, like from her neck across her chest to her pelvis was covered in lymphoma. It took years and years for her to show any responses to the radiation exposure that she received as a little girl. But Rick is 100% convinced that her cancer is a result of three mile Mm -hmm. and like as he's saying this he starts coughing Uh and the interviewer asks like you know what's what's with the cough and Rick says that oh he has no salivary glands or lymph glands on that side of his face this is from throat cancer but he says he thinks it's from his nuclear background but he was also a smoker yeah and that's why he says the NRC gets away with everything because you can't say with certainty that the illness is strictly from radiation exposure right because it takes so long for uh-huh. it to happen you can't guarantee that that's the only thing that caused well, it yeah and
0: you're it, like, exposed to other factors exactly. that it potentially could have
1: rick and nicole are reunited and that was so emotional
0: it was that got to
1: me too Rick like they hug and it's like there's tears and uh, Nicole's mom has since passed and they're just so emotional and he's just like I swear it could have been scripted by Hollywood like he's telling her like you know he did his best and he's sorry that it destroyed lives
0: and her life and but her response to me which it's like she said exactly what I was thinking she said think I'm a
3: fool? I think you're my hero
0: I think you're brave. You were very special to me. And I think what you're doing and what you're still doing after all these years is the right thing to do. And
3: I'm sorry it's destroyed your life.
1: So in 2019, Three Mile is shut down and the blame was being placed on competition from other sources of energy. Even though the plant is closed, it'll still take decades for the $1 billion cleanup to be finished. And my,
0: That's well, crazy. My favorite, like not my favorite part, but like when Rick, there's a scene where Rick is just questioning, did he do the right thing? Mm-hmm. And then jump to Chernobyl, which happened in <sighs> oh, nineteen eighty-six. Yeah. And it's like there is no question him shutting this down was the right thing mm-hmm. because after he exp the, the little snippet that he was there what he exposed from that, it just led to this huge exposure of all of these. I mean, yes. Three Mile Island could have been a success, but because of poor management, who was just more worried about cutting corners and saving mm-hmm. money, it, it, it shut down now. Yeah. And even Rick still he still believes in the promise of
1: nuclear energy. Yeah. But he says it'll never be a viable source of energy unless you take the profit motive out of it. Yes. Like you can't have a profit motive overriding nuclear safety. Yes. Which I mean to me is just 100%. common sense you know but since the accident in 1979 only two new reactors have been licensed in the US. Facing safety concerns and being billions over budget neither have opened.
0: Because there's no there's like you said there's no money in it. there really is mm-hmm. no mo- the, the cost that it takes to run these mm-hmm. will get in the way of making a sustainable profit if yeah. you really think about it. Well, now I want to Google Energy because I know that's a nuke plant.
1: I didn't realize it was in St. Francisville, which is not that far away from us. So
0: the Energy Nuclear subsidiary owns, operates, supports, and provides management services to a national fleet of reactors in six locations in the United States. Energy obtained a management contract in 2002 providing support and management services to Cooper Nuclear Station in Nebraska. The contract with Cooper's owner, Nebraska Public Power District, has been subsequently extended until 2020 with approximately 4,300 nuclear employees. Energy is also recognized globally as a provider of nuclear services to companies in the U.S. and around the world. That is, yeah, Riverbend. There's the Waterford Station in Kelowna, Louisiana. Riverbend is in St. Francisville. Here's a picture of it. Does it
1: look like the stereotypical...
0: It's got the stacks? stacks and all. The Palisades Power Plant, which is in Lower Michigan. Grand Gulf nuclear station which is in Mississippi, Cooper, which is in Nebraska, and then Arkansas. So it sounds like energy's a pretty top I mean they do they do a lot of their um they get a lot of their electricity from these you know from nuclear mm-hmm. energy but hopefully that's something that is obviously run proficiently and safely and Oh
1: gosh, I hope so.
0: Well I know someone whose husband works at the nuke plant in St. Francisville and he goes to work in Scrubs. Really? Yeah, because forever I thought he was like a nurse or a <laughs> doctor and I'm like they're like, no, it's going to work. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. I wonder why scrubs, because most of the plant workers around here are in like, like Teflon and yeah. stuff. I don't know. So this documentary ends, and it's just a snippet at the end of like text on the screen. And it says the NRC and MedEd were asked whether there was any intent to withhold information at the time of the accident. And First Energy, who is now the owner of MedEd, declined to comment. And the NRC responded that its statements made during and after the accident were, quote, based on the agency's independent analysis of the best available information at the time, end quote. And maintains that in the months following the accident, although questions were raised about possible adverse effects from radiation on human, animal, and plant life, none could be directly correlated to the accident. Of course,
0: it couldn't.
1: So well. I mean, they're still really denying yeah. that anything bad as resulted from they, the accident. And that they covered up. Yeah.
0: But they can't. They can't deny the evidence, the amount I of mean, evidence that no, they took shortcuts.
1: Yeah. Shame on you. So this was just a really disheartening documentary.
0: We we kind of want to go back to murder now. I
1: know. I'm ready just like get just cold-blooded
0: murder yeah we'll, we'll make back. us feel better i know <laughs> we had our we had our sasquatch murders and now the um, yeah we need a shorter one now <laughs> yeah so we're gonna dive into a murder one um we're gonna take a break from parter ones yeah. for a couple episodes we're gonna just we're just gonna kind of like do some snapped and who the bleep did i marry those are my yeah, favorite Yeah, those are fun well i hope y'all enjoyed <laughs> all right well we will see y'all next week bye guys bye
1: This has been a dive in media production. Executive producers are Casey Forbes and Sarah Cuvion. Email your story suggestions and questions to Let the Good Crimes Roll at ProtonMail.com.
0: Follow along with us on Facebook at Let the Good Crimes Roll and Instagram at L T G C R.